Forging agreements between countries in the best of circumstances is a pernickety and painstaking business. Even when the parties involved are friendly neighbours with no history of mutual belligerence, whose border merely delineates one prosperous, content and affable nation from another, the negotiations over the minutiae of any treaty or trade deal can be a terrifying combination of tedious yet volatile. By that measure, the forging of an agreement between Israel and Lebanon, especially over a maritime boundaries dispute, a variety of wrangle infamous for intricacy and intrigue, seems like the kind of challenge which might have prompted Heracles himself, even having seen off the Nemean lion and Lonaean hydra, mucked out the Augean stables, corralled the Cretan bull, and purloined the girdle of Hippolyta, and so on, to throw his towel resignedly in. In 2012, a US mediator proposed a midway solution called the Half Line, but it wasn't accepted. A decade later, Lebanon demanded the boundary be pushed south to Line 29. The latest US proposal is said to offer a compromise. The two countries would share the Kana field while the Karish would stay in Israel's zone. And yet Israel and Lebanon are believed to be inching towards appending both their names to the same piece of paper, a deal which will settle their competing claims to offshore gas fields. It would be literally the first time the two countries have ever agreed on anything. By way of perspective on what a big deal this potentially is, consider just a few of the difficulties besetting Israel-Lebanon relations. The two countries do not have ambassadors in each other's capitals. Indeed, Lebanon has never recognized Israel's existence, except to stoop to the astonishing pettiness of refusing entry to any traveler who has Israeli stamps in their passport. There is a long history of hostility. Israel invaded and occupied portions of Lebanon between 1982 and 2000, and attacked again in 2006, to say nothing of any number of other strikes and incursions. At least five people have been killed in clashes on the border between Israel and Lebanon. Three Lebanese soldiers, a senior Israeli officer and a Lebanese journalist were killed in the exchange, the most serious incident since the 2006 war. Lebanon is partly governed by Hezbollah, a heavily armed militia committed to Israel's destruction. Israeli air raids on Lebanon were answered by Hezbollah rocket launches against Israel as recently as last August. The border between the two countries has required a UN peacekeeping mission to police it since 1978. Another television appearance and more threats from Hassan Nasrallah. As the longtime leader of the Lebanese Shia group Hezbollah gave an interview Monday to the friendly Al Mayadeen television channel, and as usual, took verbal shots at Israel. At issue in this instance is the status of the Karish and Kana natural gas fields in the eastern Mediterranean. The squabbling over who should get what has been rumbling on a few years now, punctuated by occasional threats of escalation. Hassan Nasrallah was confident no international firm would dare come to Karish or anywhere else in the disputed area if Hezbollah issues a clear and serious threat. Last year, Hezbollah launched a couple of half-hearted sorties into the Karish field by unarmed drones, which Israeli forces shot down. Israel dismissed the threats and warned of a war if there is any attack.
The United States Senior Advisor for Energy Security, Amos Hochstein, acting as a go-between, has now floated a proposal which would, if agreed and implemented, hopefully avert further such confrontations. The basics are reportedly approximately these. The Karish gas field will be entirely under Israel's control. The Kana gas field will be Lebanon's to develop, although as some of it lies in Israeli waters, Israel would receive a percentage of the profits once it is up and running. Even though there are no proven reserves in that field. All concerned will permit and observe a coastal security border off Israel's north. What is especially interesting about this idea is the reaction to it. Remember, this is a deal which would necessitate agreement between Israel and an officially hostile Arab state being pitched by an American interlocutor. In the usual run of things, the next step would be the furious, aggrieved denunciation of the very idea of this Zionist treachery and its American enablers by that chorus of Arab politicians and potentates which finds teeing off at Israel and the US more gratifying than actually governing or anything. Instead, Lebanon's President Michel Aoun and Prime Minister Najib Makati have said they will study the details. The Speaker of Lebanon's Parliament, Nabi Berri, has declared himself in favour in principle. Even more remarkably, Hezbollah's Secretary General, Hassan Nasrallah, seems downright keen, stressing the economic benefits of the potential gas revenue. There is a need that has been created uh, due to the Russian-Ukrainian war. Europe is looking at the East Mediterranean as one possible source. Economic benefits that Lebanon could certainly do with, assuming, and this can never be taken for granted where Lebanon's finances are concerned, that any of this wealth ever reaches Lebanon's actual people. Israel's Prime Minister Yair Lapid is all aboard for it, not least as it would be something he can cram down the yap of Benjamin Netanyahu, his principal rival in Israel's next general election on November 1st. As Israel sees it, developing the Kana gas field would reduce Lebanon's dependence on Iran and give Hezbollah less pretext for attempting any more funny business vis-à-vis -vis Israel's infrastructure in the Karish field. And Israel doesn't have to like Lebanon to understand that Israel's own security would be enhanced by Lebanon becoming somewhat less chronically unstable. It would be premature to herald any of this as the first glimmers of a dawning peace, etc. This is the Middle East, and one can never rule out the prospect of hope being snuffed by someone's idea of political expediency or by someone throwing a massive tantrum over some trifling arcana that no sane person could possibly care less about. But it is potentially tremendously important, and not just the substance, but the optics. The draft deal is believed to include plans for some sort of joint event, formally signing off on everything, at which, presumably, Israeli and Lebanese officials would need to be seen sharing a podium, autographing a treaty, perchance even shaking hands. What if it caught on? For Monocle24, I'm Andrew Muller.